Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. The Star Wars Sessions podcast. Part that he loves a good Star Wars session. Absolute legends of Star Wars Sessions. This is the way, this is the way. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is where the fun begins. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy, and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the sessions. What? My name is Matt Hudson, <laughs> aka Jabba the Hud, and joining me here, as ever, in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon, he's the greatest Star Wars man, fan, and buddy out there. His name is Master Blywalker, otherwise known as Luke Bly. Happy May the 4th to you, mate. Oi, oi, Savaloy, and happy May the 4th to you, Matty boy. This is this got to be the most eventful day in the geeky calendar, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, we've got, yeah. Uh, we've got May, was it called, we've got May the 5th. I've, I've seen uh, it's trees, is trees and 10 for like May the 10th, which is like very that. clever. But yeah, I Revenge think this is, mate. The Revenge of the 5th. Yeah, uh, there's plenty of other ones, but yeah, mate, this is always a good fun. Even if even if no news gets dropped or anything like that, it's always fun just to sit down and be like, hey, Gia, here's an excuse to watch Book of Boba Fett Gallery. Here's an excuse to watch <laughs> Star Wars Resistance again or something. Star Wars Day, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Come sit, come sit on Daddy's lap and let me tell you about my... Never called me that before. My, my, <laughs> <laughs> come sit on my lap and... And let me tell you some Star Wars tales on yes, this right, yeah. on this May the Fourth, on this fine day of ours. But uh, yes, no, mate. It's always always a good laugh on May the Fourth. It's always nice to go online for, and see everyone just celebrating and having fun and celebrating uh, their Star Wars stories and memories. So that's been a good fun, but good fun time. But how are you doing, anyway, my friend? How are you, anyway? Mate, I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, I'm just excited for Star Wars news. And it feels like we're now in the same month as Star Wars Celebration. So <laughs> and, and that's only a few weeks away. We've got Wait. new content coming. It's May the 4th. Today's episode, this week's episode, is an absolute it's banger. And I still kind of like, it's one of those things that it, it's just surreal to like talk to people who are there doing St- making Star Wars doing history. Star War. yeah. Doing talking. Doing talking. Yes. As no, you're right, mate. that? Rose Tico says Tico. That, yeah. Tico. No, you're we right, mate. It. No, you, you are right, mate. This is Star Wars mate. celebration, mate. Kenobi yeah. is coming as oh, well. Don't, We've got don't. so much to look forward to. But uh, yeah, yeah, tonight's episode is it. an absolute feel fest, isn't it? I'm, I'm going to absolutely lose it. I'm going to go mental. I don't think we're ready for that weekend, Matt. I don't think we're ready for celebration. And we're not even going. We're doing it remotely. We're going to be there in our heart. In our heart, we will be there. But, you know. Um, Matty boy, Matty boy, how on earth are you, you sickhead? What's going down? What's the latest? Are you excited for this week's episode? Oh, mate. Well, as usual, I've had a lovely weekend. So uh, so it gets me in a good mood to talk some Star Wars. And, mate, uh, firstly, yes, I'm extremely excited for this week's episode, as you said, it's uh, it's another step forward in our journey to conquer every cast and crew member in the galaxy. But in terms of the month, yeah, I am. It's, it's quite it's quite cool that uh, both things are coming at the same time. But yeah, we're going to cover it, and it may be, man, that's going to be quite a lot to cover in the first few days. But I don't know, I quite like having something to look forward to. Like We're, we're top-loading in the end of the month. Now we can build up to it, we can all get excited 
and then bish bash bosh a panel hopefully trailers kenobi two episodes more panels hopefully more uh, yeah. news about whatever might more. be dropping is more. more more it's just it's exciting man it's we said before about other things, but this is what it means to be a fan, man. Just having that kind of lead up and getting excited again. It's almost like the lead up to a film. And, you know, Kenobi, for all intents and purposes, is Revenge of the Sith, like, you know, three, episode 3.5. It's pretty much a sequel yeah, to that yeah. film. So I'm excited, mate. I, I, I cannot wait to get to the end of this month, but I don't want to, mate, I don't, I don't want to uh, leave what we've got coming behind, mate. We've got some cool stuff coming, but. Let's not lie, mate. One eye is at the on towards the end of the month, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely, and yeah, I'm just I'm I, I'm I'm just struggling to take it all in. I'm struggling to take it all in. We've got some crazy time travel stuff going on here because <laughs> you know, right now I'm in Florida, but you know, I, I'll still be celebrating May the fourth. Keep an eye on our socials for that: uh, Instagram, TikTok, uh, yeah, Facebook, man. wherever. Um, and mate, boy, should we? Should should we? crack on with something or like can you can you yeah, hear anything or, like, I, I, I can it's really intrusively i can hear them it's the chimes my man of big ben kenobi which you and i we know only means one thing well usually matty boy it would mean that it's the galactic news round but i'm just gonna go to lou um i'm nice. gonna go take a um take a dump and i'll see you in a bit all right mate you <laughs> you, you have fun without me all right mate <laughs> Okay, all right. In an Obi-Wan Kenobi feature in Total Film, Ewan McGregor stated that he would be totally up for returning once again as Kenobi in the future and jokingly mentioned knocking at Disney's door. Disney Plus UK has listed the Obi-Wan Kenobi series with a TV age rating of 9+ which is notably lower than the live-action Star Wars Disney Plus series that have come before it. One of the UK's biggest collections of vintage Star Wars toys and posters has gone on display at the redeveloped Northampton Museum and Art Gallery. And a survey conducted by Kazar.co.uk has determined the most popular characters Star Wars fans were interested in cosplaying as. Ray was the number one, followed by Princess Leia, Boba Fett, and Ahsoka Tano. Hi, this is Daniel Roebuck. Yeah, and hey, hold on, get out of the microphone. This is Green Stridus. Yeah, you know me from Jedi Fallen Order. You know what you're listening to, do you? You're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Hey, uh, Green, would you just wait a second? Can I? I'm talking. Just, uh, no, I'm talking. Okay, Greece, c- calm down a second. Listen, everybody, uh, uh, yeah, Star Wars podcast. It's called Star Wars Session. Well, uh, listen to it whenever you can. Greece, anything? Yeah, he's now he's silenced. Ridiculous. As Star Wars fans, we are getting treated with all of the offerings that Disney Plus is promising. However, it's safe to say that we've done pretty well so far. The Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett have proved to be huge hits in differing ways for the streaming service. And it just so happens that tonight we are joined by someone who has appeared in both. If he isn't swooping in to save the day with his green lightsaber ignited, he's attempting to pull over Mando's N1 Starfighter to give him a flying ticket. Either (laughs) sounds pretty cool to me, though. We're delighted to say that tonight we are joined by Max Lloyd-Jones. How are you, sir? 
Good, good, guys. Thank you for having me on. That's quite the intro. (laughs) It's an absolute pleasure to have you on here, Max, all the way from uh, the US. You're recording right at the moment? I'm in Canada right now. I'm in Vancouver, yeah. Oh, okay. So we, we were asking. We were all under the impression... And we were saying this before the show that you were from the UK. So technically, mm-hmm. you're from the UK, right? You're born in. I am. Yeah, I was born in London uh, in the early '90s, and then my folks emigrated to Canada uh, in, right. I think, '93 or something like that, '92, '93. And um, yeah, so I was raised primarily here in Vancouver, and uh, I've lived both here and in, and in the states in uh, in Los Angeles. I did live in London for a little bit when I was 18. I worked in a pub in Covent Garden for about three months or so when I was back. Nice. Then, so. Yeah, did you really? Yeah, <laughs> I did. Great. What what pub? Uh, it was called the Prince of Wales. Um, it <laughs> that was, sounds British. Do you know it? No, I know the one. That's the one near. There's a little. There's a bridge that goes to the royal. Um, the Royal Opera House, isn't there? Like and little yeah, alley. Yeah, yeah, it's around. Yeah. I remember it was on Drury Lane because everyone knows Drury yeah. Lane. Uh, yeah. Was, yeah, right there next to the Freemason Hall, and we like hosted all these strange Freemason events. I saw some very weird things there. Uh, yeah, I was just there, like trying to make some money in between traveling. Of course, I didn't realize that um, you don't really tip much in the UK when I was eighteen. So I got there, like, oh, I'm gonna work in a in a pub in London. I'm gonna make so many. Oh my god, it was just terrible. I think I lost money living there. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not surprised. Lon- London is expensive as well. Yeah, it costs a, fortune. Yeah. a pint costs a lot. A curry costs a lot, but it's all good stuff. It's all good. Um, mm. Max, obviously, uh, to us now, to us geeks, you are star wars royalty um <laughs> you appeared as luke skywalker in the mandalorian season two um and let's let's talk about that role first i suppose sure. because mm. that's how we were first introduced to you in the star wars galaxy mm. max how on earth do you land a role playing luke skywalker how on earth does something like that unravel yeah, um, God, I wish it were like a cooler story. Like I just like banged down the door of casting and went, "Hire me, damn it!" Um, but uh, it wasn't it wasn't quite the case. It was just a cold call, I think, from their casting people um, to my representation, and and I guess they were looking for someone that fit the, um, you know, kind of the biometrics of of Mark Hamill, right, to make it look like we could be. Uh, the same person. So I think that was primarily the interest is they needed an actor. I'd done a bit of motion capture before um, for yep. Planet of the Apes or War, War of the Planet of the Apes a couple of years before that. So maybe that kind of factored in. I didn't really get a, a lot of info. They're very tight to the chest, Disney and, and Lucasfilm. Obviously, they don't really tell you a lot of their reasons why. So you're kind of just right. going, well, okay. Um, and they said, okay, it's a, it's something to do with Mandalorian. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, seen the first season i loved it obviously and um they said it's heavily costumed they wouldn't tell me what it was and um but they said okay you, you can do this you know it's kind of a one-time thing but uh you can still come back and do something else in star wars because you're going to be so heavily costumed they said cool <laughs> uh, so i was like oh okay all right well I don't, really see a, a, yeah, I don't really see any any downside to this um i figured i'd be playing a droid or something i didn't know what i'd be doing <laughs> it was just very strange they were coming to me i was like i'd had no you know usually you audition if something this big in the mandalorian you'd assume you'd audition there'd be a lot of um you know back and forth this was just a direct offer to come do it so i said well, okay yeah this is I feel like, did you get the right guy? Like, were you, were you trying to call somebody else? <laughs> uh, they were like, all right, let's do it. And um, I went down there. They didn't tell me really anything, I think, even until the day before we filmed. And they said, okay, they gave me a, a few, um, some sides, just a few pages of dialogue. Um, 
and uh, told me I was playing a different Jedi. I think it came out in the gallery episode, so I can mention now. But they said I was playing Plo Koon. And, yep. I'm, you know, I'm a Star Wars guy. I, I love Star Wars, but I, I wouldn't say I was had that much in-depth knowledge like, like you guys do, obviously. Um, so I had to look him up, and I was like, who is this person? I was, <laughs> this guy who's, like, clearly, like, six <laughs> And you foot. saw what he looked like. Yeah, I mean, was with the squid face, and the, he's kind of an older man, it seemed. I was like, why am I here doing this? This is very strange. But it was like, okay, I'll go along with it. You know, went at the lines and showed up the next day, and... And uh, things just didn't really make sense. They were trying wigs on me and stuff. And I was like, what? but I have a squid face. Why am I wearing a wig? And I, I couldn't put it together at all. And then the outfit I was trying on, it felt really familiar. And I think I looked down like the, the one glove. And then they tried out some prop lightsabers. And I was kind of going, no. But yeah, this, this feels too familiar. I know. And I think I asked somebody in, you know, in, the, in the crew. It was like, Do you, am I... And, like, no one would say anything. There's very few people that right. even knew what was really happening. So they're very all tight-lipped about it. I think someone gave me, like, a wink. And I was like, okay, I think I think that's what I'm here for. I think I'm here for that, oh, which man. is kind of blowing my mind, for sure. So I was like, okay, keep it together. Uh, I think I was, like, Googling and YouTubing some of Mark Hamill's performance to be like, okay, what, what do I do that can kind of look like him? Where did he put his hands, you know, his energy? But luckily, it's, like, it's such a character that we've all grown up with so much. So we all just yeah. kind of know, I think, intrinsically what, what that character, what they would do and how they would walk and stuff. So, um I was kind of lucky that I had that kind of already in my memory bank. And then, um, yeah, I was <laughs> thrust onto the, the stage and everybody was there. And, uh, you know, Favreau said hi and uh, Filoni was there as well. And uh, Peyton Reed, who directed it. And then, um, yeah, the whole cast, obviously, that's in, that's in that scene was, was there as well, which was quite amazing. I was big fans of a lot of them. So it was, it was very surreal. It was very... Um, I didn't know if I was right about my assumption. I just kind of thought I was. So I was going along <laughs> as if that was the choice. So it was very clandestine. It was a very odd experience, but but quite cool. Mm-hmm. We've obviously got a pretty decent intuition of, uh, uh, because of how it turned out. Um, I was going to ask about, you know, what was your relationship with Luke Skywalker, but you've kind of just mentioned it. What was it mm. like then? Well, actually, when did you first find out then, this is actually Luke Skywalker I'm playing? And what was it like when you realized, oh, I am actually following in Mark Hamill's esteemed footsteps <laughs> yeah it was very strange i think i literally put it together in the makeup trailer on the way before like probably 20 minutes before going to film the thing so oh, it, was, man. it was quite strange um and uh i don't know i think i think as an actor like you you kind of separate the the fan part of you from from the job um so i was immediately going like oh okay how do i make this work and how do i sell this and um you know, how best to deliver these lines. I didn't really have time to get, maybe that was intentional on their part. I didn't have time to kind of get in my head about it too much and thinking, oh my God, I don't know if this has really been done before and uh, this is quite new. And this is obviously his part and he's so iconic in it. How am I going to possibly fill these shoes? Yeah. Um, so I was trying to let that in, that intimidating factor, I think, just to the side and, and focus on the job at hand. Uh, but yeah, it was quite shocking. Um, then we, we did multiple sessions. I think I, I came down to LA a couple times and, and we, you know, they just needed to fine tune this thing immensely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely took a good half a day to kind of stop feeling numb. I think <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. That is crazy. And just seeing, I can't even imagine, I can't fathom like seeing all of the set and whatnot. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of you guys were, you had like the corridor, right? That you were mm-hmm. filming down and, I mean, at this point, 
as a fan, as as like the little kid inside Max, mm. were you think like trying to hold that together, like you said, separating professionalism from just absolute nerdy childhood freak out and geek out? Yeah. That must that must have been really difficult. But also, yeah. I want to know because to us they are royalty. John Favreau, Dave Filoni, and Peyton Reed. Um, what was it like working with those guys? You know, did they mm. sit you down and like go, you know? This is the story of the Mandalorian season two. It's leading to this moment. This is, you know, arguably one of the most important and has now, you know, in hindsight, we know that it's become one of the most iconic scenes in pop culture in like the last few decades. Mm. What was that like? That must have been absolutely <laughs> mental. Well, I didn't know that at the time for sure. I mean, I saw some Forbes article or someone sent me that was like the most iconic moments in TV of the year and it was like number two or something which was pretty, pretty darn cool easily um, easily yeah uh it was it was great yeah i mean favreau i've been a fan of his forever i remember when i i, I moved to la when i was about 20 and, and and did the uh the audition thing there and acting thing there for about five six years and um and i think well my second audition or third audition that i did was a producer session with him for a tv show he was making and i was so nervous i think i'd seen swingers like 2 weeks before with my friend nice. or something and i was like oh, god it's favreau and i think i delivered half the audition to like the back wall and it was just awful and i was so embarrassed and i think he was like okay thanks yeah, yeah, see you later and i was like oh my god i screwed it all up and then i probably called my mom was like i'm going to move home and uh, so i was like oh god i hope he doesn't remember me from that <laughs> so i didn't bring it up but um yeah, so, uh, I mean, yeah, growing up, you know, loving his movies, loving his comedies, his, you know, Vince Vaughn comedies, and uh, and then just being so impressed that he made that transition into, you know, the uh, producing and, and uh, directorial side of things, because that's such a, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough move to make, especially, mm. um, you know, at that time, and then becoming kind of the the king of the Marvel and, and now Star yeah. Wars, obviously. I mean, like, no one's really done it quite like him, and he's definitely up there. He's probably the most influential people in Hollywood at the moment. So, yeah, mm. there's a lot, you know, you're trying to not think of all that while you're shaking hands and saying hi. But he's very disarming. He's very, uh, he's very charming. He's very funny. He's, he's kind of on all the time. Sometimes you meet people like this, and you, I think they're just kind of worn down by the expectations of being on all the time, and you, and you know, you kind of get them at their, their lowest. But, uh, he's just very fun and, and talking with everybody and cracking jokes and everybody in stitches. Um, so that was really nice. It was really, um, it was, you know, kind of put me at ease. Uh, and then, yeah, Peyton Reed, I'd obviously liked, uh, you know, his Ant-Man um, sequel and, and uh, Bring It On, you know, yeah. I from that. I was like, yeah. oh, Bring It On. Still and, uh, and yeah, everyone, there was there, Pedro Pascal, and like, I loved him from Game of Thrones and everything. So it was, it was quite um, mind-blowing to be all in the same room with these people. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the job, right? It's, it's I've had those strange encounters where you go from, you know, you're, you're, sitting in your in your house and you read a script and you're like oh maybe this will happen and then suddenly you're on set surrounded by these legends and you just have to act like you belong there so it's it's odd but i've you know thankfully been doing this long enough that i could keep my keep myself together well wow. it's uh it's a moment that when we saw it we i remember i remember seeing the x-men like, oh, that can't be and they gave all the hints of who it might be and then the hood came off and it's like who is this yeah, who, who's this dude there? It's, it's it's young Luke, but you know who's the body behind him? We found out that it was <laughs> yourself. Did you? I uh, cried. Did... I cried. <laughs> he, I'm just letting you know now. Not the only one. <laughs> I don't cry here. much. I don't. You've. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that in a second. Go on, mate. Yeah, we'll get to that. But um, did you did you because obviously you had to nail Mark Hamill's mannerisms, like you mentioned. There is a there is expectation with Luke Skywalker that 
he is the Luke that everybody remembers and, and all that mm. stuff. So did you have any interactions with Mark Hamill, particularly whether face to face or by Zoom or something about how to nail this down? Oh, no, there was no um, no time for prep. And they were I think they were it was I mean, in hindsight, it was quite crazy that they trusted me to just hopefully figure it out. Uh, literally, I had, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes before I went and figured out that's who I was playing. And they, I wasn't even supposed to know. So it was, it was it's just they wanted it so under wraps. And I think Mark Hamill talked about this in the in the behind the scenes um, uh, documentary about how it's just a miracle this didn't get out, you know, because yeah. there's enough people yeah. just like who are there and seeing it happen and then doing the editing process and whatnot that could have let it slip. And so I think they didn't know me yet. They didn't fully <laughs> trust me with this information, <laughs> which I understand. <laughs> so it was certainly left to, um, you know, to my interpretation of it. And I guess I pulled it off well enough. And, um, yeah, Mark, Mark came one day, uh, and, uh, and we did the scene together which was quite oh. strange oh, <laughs> man. watching him do it. And then he's like, well, I'd do this. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. I'll, I'll do that too. Um, I was like, you'd know best. <laughs> this is you. Uh, oh. <laughs> and he was very, he was very cool and very charming. And he took me aside for a bit and we had a good talk and, um, nice. encouraging and, and, you know, said I was doing a good job and I was, you know, thank you. I hope I'm not, you know, messing up your legacy here. So, um, I think he was excited to be a part of this and to get to, you know, play this character, which I'm, I'm sure he assumed was, kind of retired at that point um so it was yeah it was it was it was fun for all of us it was just one of those pinch me moments right because mm, you guys took turns right doing the scene and you do it yeah. over and over again right that yeah might- exactly we did it yeah on that day i remember that we you know he'd do his way and then i'd come out and try and mimic his mannerisms a bit and even his voice um because they did a they used a, a new computer program i guess to basically copy his voice and synthesize mine plus a, a an ai device to basically create this voice that would have been him at that time but not even because it was supposed to be a bit later right than his last film so it was very nifty what they did um yeah i went i recorded an entire i think audiobook that he'd, he'd read and just to get the last awesome. tones and to try and mash mm. our voices mm. together amazing new technology that's crazy again so we talked about uh, the men crying, including myself, men, women, children, everywhere, just couldn't believe that scene. It really, really was special, and I don't want to, mm. I don't want to like underplay that because it really was for a lot of us, especially oh, after yeah. that year. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure you understand that as well. Like oh, yeah. 2020, and we were just at the just at the end of that horrid year, mm. and we had this season long of of escapism. And to mm. have that scene, it it really was magical. And I think I, I you know, I'd be lying if. Yeah, I, I think that played a part in it too, mm. right? That kind of I'm escape, sure. that just kind of powerful, oh, yes, light, light, yeah, it was rescue. Cathartic, I think, you know, after that year, right? It was, uh, yeah. yeah, it was a powerful moment, not just for fans. I think a lot of people who um, were coming new to Star Wars were kind of blown away by the the element of surprise in it, you know, and the yeah. unveiling of it. It was so well done, I think, with the giving little hints at a time until you fully know and then oh, the score man. comes in. And it was, yeah, it was just so beautifully executed, I thought. The we're score. so lucky that it didn't leak, like you mentioned, the fact that it didn't leak. And this is, look, I, I don't mind, Some I, I try to go spoiler-free. I don't mind if I hear a few things here and there, but mm. imagine how... Imagine how like, that moment would have been affected if we'd known. Oh, I th- yeah. I've heard Luke's in, or, or there's a set picture of Luke Skywalker in it. Um, yeah, when did, did when did you watch it uh, on the on the day it came out? Did you sit there when it came out? What was your feeling when you finally saw it, or had you seen a finished <laughs> version of it before? 
Oh, no, I'd seen nothing. Uh, oh. They certainly wouldn't trust me with that. Yeah, I was at my friend's place, who I'm at right now, actually. And um, we all... I, I hadn't told anybody what I was. I thought I thought that's what I was playing. I mean, I wasn't even 100% sure. I was like, I think that's who I am. Uh, so, you know, and it kind of happened. I think my friends weren't even big friends. They were like, oh, you're, who are you? Who's that guy? I was like, come on! You know who it is! <laughs> come on, guy. You need to get new friends. I know. It's like the moment fell short for a second. But uh, no, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, I think that that night or whenever it came out the next day, I would get a lot of people writing to me and like, that was you! Oh my god! Um, that was an amazing moment. Um, so yeah, it was, it was quite a, it was quite a day and, um, yeah. yeah. And a great end to obviously a, a tough year for everybody. Yeah, man. That's, that's unbelievable. You know, we, um, we've recently gone through like, as uh, my, my family and I'm talking about, we've recently gone through a few bits and bobs and, uh, we had some family over during the winter mm. and um my sister-in-law so my wife's sister she'd never seen star wars she loves like stuff like lord of the rings she loves fantasy and i said look chantelle you need to sit down and you need to watch the mandalorian mm. you need to watch just star wars in general but we're, i basically we basically settled on mandalorian because she's very busy and i think mm. like the episode format worked better for her right and i was mm. i was like look this is a way to get in and we watched uh all of the finale together and even she knew who Luke Skywalker was, but she was like, what? Like that scene did carry this mythology with it, you know? And that's mm. what it's meant to be. None of these people in that room had seen a Jedi before, you know, they were like, who, who on earth is, is this, you know, this is brand new to us. Mm. Uh, particularly like Din, you know, this is all make believe to them. Like what's a Jedi, mm. these people that can move things of their mind. And the series emphasizes that again, more reason for the emotion, but, you know, I'm talking about my family and how we reacted to that. My brother, James, he adored it as well. I remember him phoning me up and feel it felt like we had, we were playing with our action figures again, like in the nineties <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Um, how did, how did your family react to it, Max? Like, did they know that you were Luke? How, how much? No, I don't think I even really told them. Not that they, I mean, I think they're, you know, by now having done this a while, they're like, what are you doing again? Okay. A new thing. All right. Um, so I was like, oh, you'll see when it comes out. And, um, yeah, no, they were, uh, you know, they were pretty impressed. I think that, you know, they're good British parents. So I was like, oh, very, yeah, good job. Very well done. We're not, they're not, of course, exuberant yeah. people. Um, but, a nod uh, and a wink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think my mom, I don't think she even remembered seeing the movies. I'm sure she had. My dad had a little boy. He's like, oh, yeah, I watched the old one. I'm not sure he even watched the prequels or even the, you know, the newest round of films. So, you know, they were like, oh, it's very cool. As well. But I know they're, they're definitely proud and they're, they're um, happy about it when I hear them now talking to their friends about it and stuff. And I, I think I think I was at a cafe with my folks um, not that long ago, like a summer or two ago. And, and it had really come out when I was a kid wearing a little, like, um, Grogu shirt. Oh. And my dad went, Hey, hey, do you know who this is? Do you know who this is? And pointed to me, I'm like, Shut up, dad, it's so embarrassing. He's like, This guy played Luke Skywalker. And this kid's like, No, he didn't. <laughs> so, so I know we can tell me uh, that. way to know. bring you down to the ground, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know who he is. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, they're proud. They're proud and uh, excited about it for sure. Mm. Uh, that's awesome i remember not being at work that day and uh, uh so probably the best one of the best days not to be at work and seeing an x-wing jumping off the chair thinking oh they're not they're not going to do this they're not going to fake us out now and have it be someone we've never heard of before but yeah um, yeah did you do like a reaction video or anything like that no we didn't do a reaction video we did a a, a reaction episode so about yeah. 
well, maybe an hour afterwards, by the time we kind of picked oh, ourselves wow. up the floor, stopped crying, you know, um, <laughs> got some air. We, uh, we did a reaction episode. So about an hour of us just kind of, um, oh, cool. dribbling. And who made the call, mate? Who made the call that said, uh, oh, I, th- I'm, I was sure, Max, I was sure that Luke Skywalker was going to pop up in this series at some yeah. point. And based on nothing. <laughs> I didn't I didn't think that it would be season 2 or the finale but um yeah I was like surely cuz like Grogu needs to go back to his people the Jedi mm. and I was like there's only like one you know right. big boy Jedi Jedi around at the moment and that's Luke Skywalker yeah so exactly. it it be. <laughs> you called it well done no he did we all thought he was mental but he was the <laughs> one who did and he, he let us he he let us know as well that he was the one who called oh, it but, um, put money on it be a rich man now <laughs> he was a very rich man and we'd all be very jealous but um I wanted to ask as well just about uh, the fighting style because we've mm. seen we've we've all seen Empire we've all seen Return of the Jedi we've seen Luke Jewel Vader you know, we love it, but we've never seen him just go like ham on mm. droids before. So how <laughs> I'm assuming it was obviously it's choreographed to a T, but were you mm. able to kind of put your, uh, your own little moves in there as well? Because it was essentially a, a new, a new iteration of the Luke of Luke for everyone. So yeah. were you able to put your own spin on some of those? Yeah, that was really fun. I mean, definitely there was a, a stunt team um, doing a majority of the fighting. Man, I got to do, uh, you know, uh, um, they let me do quite a bit of it myself, which was which was fun. But I'm sure they, nice. you know, they made an amalgamation of using my stuff and, and, the, and the stunt teams. But, um, yeah, I remember going through at the beginning, we were kind of planning what it was going to look like. And um, I, did, I remember him saying something because, you know, they're trying to find the right style for it because obviously in the newer movies, there's just a different swordplay style, right? I mean, the yeah. just kind of the, the backhand, which you don't see in the in the prequels uh, and, uh, and before that, obviously. So they were trying to find something that felt, I think, kind of retro, but a little more modern than, you know, if, the, if you watch the, the older films, obviously it was, it was the stunt, the stunt action wasn't that where it's at today. A bit slower. And, yeah. yeah, a bit slower. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so remember they were, they were trying out some kind of backhand stuff and I was like, ah, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel like he would, he would do this. I think it, it'd be a little bit more what he's used to. And plus then we got to give those little hints and give away of who this could be. And if it looks too much like a style, like somebody else, they might not buy it. So I think it was very, um, meticulous the planning that went into mm-hmm. making this that hallway scene especially um so memorable and so uh a, a kind of original but with throwbacks at the same time yeah it was it was exciting it was fun i was i was very beaten tired by the end of it and i was like oh did, did we get it because i can't do anymore i bet you were I bet you well, we get tired just walking to the local bakery, let alone uh, <laughs> you know, taking down all these droids. And those droids, they yeah. were CG, right? They weren't. Were they there or were they? Partially, they did it. I think some in CG, but no, there were there were actors in um, stunt actors in the in the uh, the dark troopers uniforms. And because oh. being Mandalorian, it was so cool. I think one of the guys there, I can't remember his name, but he was Christian Bale's stunt double on Batman, like being oh nice. Was, yeah, I know. It was, you know, it's just because it's Mandalorian. They just can get whoever they want, right? So yeah. this, I think and some of them were, yeah, they were all at the top of their game. Like, oh my God, these old, these old people in the same, um, in the same scene as me. Uh, yeah, so it was, I think it was a combination. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it is crazy. Like you just said, Mandalorian kind of has that power to it, doesn't it? Even though it's kind of a new show, we've only seen two seasons of it, mm. or, or 2.5 if you want to ask some people. Some people think Book of Boba <laughs> yeah, sure. is like 2.5 of Mandalorian. Yeah, um, yeah, obviously, you, you were in Book of Boba Fett as well. 
as uh, Lieutenant mm-hmm. Reed, right? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. or Lieutenant Reed, whatever way you want to pronounce it. Um, <laughs> yeah, ha, ha, again, how was that? Cause oh, you've already been established in Star Wars. Um, but this time you've not yeah. got the, the effects on your face. Yeah. So we get to see the real Max Lloyd Jones in Book of Boba Fett. How, again, what was that like? Did the guys yeah. call you up and say, yeah, well, how, how did that happen? Oh, it was very cool. It was out of the blue as well. Yeah. And they just said, um, which was quite cool. I feel like they kind of, you know, stuck to the word on it because they said, you know, if you do this for us, then, you know, maybe you can play something, uh, you know, with your own with your own face. I was like, oh, okay, well, we'll see if that ever happens. I mean, I'm fine with just being, you know, the quasi-Luke. That's that's fine by me. And then uh, this little part came up, and again, they, they wouldn't tell me exactly what it was. Uh, they said, I think he was a, a pilot. That's all they told me. Um, so, oh, okay, that sounds pretty Tom cool. Solo this time. Yeah, yeah, I'm on solo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be fun. Um, but yeah, they, I didn't even know. I think if it was Mandalorian the next season or, or Boba Fett, they didn't they didn't say. It's all very code named, right? So on the set, yeah. like they even when I was there, I was like, "Is this Mando or is this?" I mean, nobody, not everyone knew. It was it was quite. Uh, uh, oh, wow! Yeah, they kept in the dark. Yeah, and I, I think we did like a Zoom call with Favreau and then and Bryce Dallas Howard, who was directing, and uh, and you know we went through kind of what they were looking for. And they showed me a bit of the clip of. Um, you know, the, uh, the Naboo fighter, he's flying around and when we pull yeah. over and whatnot. So yeah, they gave me a little bit of, a little bit more context this time, which was helpful. Um, and then, yeah, showing up with, um, uh, Paul, who I knew, um, uh, from playing in the, in the season prior and he's a Canadian actor as well from, yeah. we know him from Kim's, Kim's convenience up here and uh, it. it was really cool. Very fun. Kind of took me under his wing. He's a giant fan. I mean, like they literally go to him for, uh, like to double check Star Wars facts. Like if Filoni isn't around, they'll just go like, hey, get, get Paul. And he knows because he's an absolute savant. Um, yeah, that was very fun. I think that was just a, a day for that one. Um, but it was quite cool. Bryce Dallas Howard, very, very funny lady and very, uh, very energetic. And uh, <laughs> she's like, those directors like that would like be on the megaphone in the back. Like, come on, more, more energy, bigger energy. Come on, Max, you got it. <laughs> more insistent with your protocols. Come on. <laughs> well, cause you know, they're in this X-Wing that's up on like a stilts, right? And then up, you're up a ladder and they can't exactly get up there and talk to every time. So she'd just be like over the, me- over the megaphone, which was hilarious. But I think she was one of the favorite directors. They, they loved her. I mean, obviously they brought her back. Yeah. Um, I think uh, twice. Now, she, so, yeah, she's yeah, outstanding. Yeah. She's she, respected. She's, she's absolutely outstanding, and I think even for a lot of fans, she's one of the favourites as well. well you know, the she, fans she, have loved everything she's done. Yeah. It would. Yeah. It must have been great getting to work with on that particular episode, which was in the book of Boba mm-hmm. Fett was Mando centric, of course. Right. Uh, just to see who directed, it was like this. Bryce is awesome. So, and yeah, I remember, I remember seeing you turn up with. I remember obviously, um, we see Paul was like, I recognise Paul from the other episodes. I was like, who's this? Who's I recognise this other guy? Who's this, who's this beefcake in the other X wing? <laughs> uh, I was, and then it clicks. It's like it looks a bit like Luke Skywalker, and we found uh, out that it was. It was, you said, was Max Lloyd-Jones in there. And what I liked about your character here was, I mentioned earlier on, you're the very, you're very much a stickler. Whereas Paul, <laughs> in his character, is kind of a bit like, you know, well, yeah, I don't want to, fa- I don't fancy doing reports, whatever. Your, your guy was just like, you know, we need this, yeah. you need to send this, relinquish your flight controls, I'm taking over. Um, exactly. Again. Trying to prove himself. Yeah, exactly. Was that was that you playing the role or were you told to be, come on, you need, you need to be the one who's a, 
bit of a pain or was that just you as a person um, yeah no they didn't give me like, you know they were quite cool giving me freedom as to what to do we talked a little bit about the scene beforehand and um you know the the dynamic between the character and paul definitely being more of the loosey-goosey one i'm a bit like well come on man we got, we got to stick by the rules like you know kind of new cop on the force wants to yeah. you know shove his weight around a bit who um, just wants so, to go and have a drink yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. We tried a bunch of different ways, and I was curious to see how they would, um, what they chose in the end. I think we tried some like like more outlandish, more comedic, and then more toned down. And um, yeah, they were very playful. And you know, it's what's nice in those shows has that kind of budget because they have the time to just play around with it. And you're not, you know, trying to get to lunch right away. Like you can have some time to, to do the scene multiple ways and play around with it. It's, it's such a gift. So yeah, it was awesome. Amazing. So, so you mentioned that. It was part of the deal that you'd come in, play Luke in Mando season two finale, and then you were able to get a, like a live action role. I've got kind of mm. like two questions for that. The first Ooh. one is, I I hope we see uh, Lieutenant or Lieutenant Reed again, um, and really, will we? Will we see him? Uh, and and also also the second one is that I don't think I don't believe you played Luke in the book of Boba Fett, did you? It's a different. They no, used yeah. No, I had no idea that was going to happen. That was quite funny. Um, yeah, I suppose first question. We'll see. Hope so. Hope oh, so. Okay, and, I saw that. Uh, I saw that glimmer in your eye. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so. Um, the, yeah, the second, yeah, the uh, the uh, the actor played uh, Luke. No, they, yeah, they, I think they found someone new. But I, you know what? I I didn't take it personally. I think I think it's it's all about the technology, and it, I think that it changed quite a bit from when I did it to uh, this season. I think it looked it looked better in my mind. I think they teamed up with some new people, and um, you know, they, they needed a new a new face for the for the um, uh, for the technology. As far as I'm concerned, that's what they they had to go with. So I, you know, I don't think it was any a slight towards uh, me. And, and obviously, they brought me back and gave me this other part. So I was, you know plenty happy doing that but it, it was quite cool i didn't know that was coming either they were very tight-lipped about that they said i think even favreau told me he's like you know we we're gonna bring luke back but it was just too complicated so you know here's a here's a different role and thanks so much for doing that and uh you know it's too bad we, we can't bring luke back <laughs> seeing it on screen i was like oh you sneak boy uh, <laughs> you know they just want to throw you off the scent and like uh you know yeah. um yeah so um they would actively deny that i remember on the on Mando season two at the end there, and people would be like, "Is he Luke Skywalker?" And they'd be like, "No, he's not Luke Skywalker. No one say that name. We're not bringing Luke back. Stop with the questions. Of course, we're not. We're not. You know what I mean? Like they really like to cast then- people out of having any clue what was happening." <laughs> yeah, I, I guess having Lieutenant Reed, Lieutenant Reed, in the fold now, it does give the chance now for for you to to um, show yourself to be on screen. Whereas obviously. Who who amongst us, all of our listeners, wouldn't want that opportunity to be Luke Skywalker in that moment at the end of season two, mm. swooping in, taking down those droids, saving the day? But you know, being 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 able to see your face, your and being able to put yourself across as your own character, that must in itself be pretty cool. We both hope you're back in some way because they've shown in the Mando that you know these pilots they drop in and out of episodes. So hopefully they will do. But um, yeah. Well, what was the kind of what was the biggest difference then? I mean, I can imagine what some of the differences were between Mando and Boba Fett. Obviously, the secrecy of the Mandalorian, but you know, mm. what was the difference on set? Because you obviously you've got Bryce directing one, Peyton the other. It's a completely mm. different vibe, I imagine, just because of you know what you're filming. But you know, what was what oh, was yeah. the major kind of differences between those two productions? Mm. 
Well, it was a lot of the same crew. It was in the same location, same studio. Um, you know, there's a lot of crossover, I think, because they like to work with their same people. And obviously, like, they you know how to keep secrets, and so they keep them around. Um, it's all in one in one same uh, studio complex in Los Angeles. Um, and then as far as direction styles, I liked, I think, with, with Dallas was fun, because we actually had a bit of rehearsal process, because there was obviously um, space for that not being so secret as it was uh, with, uh, with the Luke part but um so we got to do kind of the zoom call beforehand and um and go over some ideas and play around with it it, it, it felt more collaborative for sure um versus uh fernando obviously had a very specific vision of what they needed and i was very new to it so i don't think they were completely ready to you know um yeah. spill the beans exactly what was happening they just kind of wanted me to to get it right um so that felt like kind of my audition honestly working on on mando before boba that was a little bit more uh you know welcome back to the team um but uh, yeah, both were very exciting and it was very professional. And uh, the whole um, micro LED screens that they were using as the kind of new green screen essentially was, yeah. was on both of them, which was which was awesome because I think it was kind of brand new technology when they yeah. rolled it out for Mando, um, which was quite quite amazing. I and mean, my my scene in in um, in Mandalorian, the end, I mean, it was just stars because it was just the uh, you know the universe uh, backdrop. But they saw them filming some other stuff where they had the you know, Tatooine or. Um, you know, Navarro, these, these amazing backdrops with the incredibly high precision um, screens in the back. It was just amazing. I'd never seen something that clear that looked completely like real life. So, you know, it felt like being a part of these little TV history moments throughout it. Mm. That's, uh, that's, that's mad. That is crazy. Because again, like you said, that is technology that's been created for this TV show. And once mm. again, it goes to show, man, like not many people can say, they were part of something that really has changed. And once again, coming out of Lucasfilm, coming out of Star Wars has innovated cinema, right? Yeah. There's not many, th- there's not many things that can, that, that can do that. And not many people that can say that they've been part of that. And definitely you're part of that. And oh, especially, totally. especially with the, 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 the technology, the facial technology, once mm-hmm. again, you're part of that. And that's fantastic. Yeah. It was very new, right? It was like entirely. Yeah. They'd done, I think, a little bit in, in Rogue One, right? But uh, yes, was, I think still kind of cutting edge. I mean, there's still, you know, uh, you know, uh, tweaking every year it the, seems uh, to get better and better. Yeah, it gets better and better, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And even with yourself, you said you noticed the difference between Luke in Mando and Luke in Boba Fett. You know, yeah. so obviously, and I think, I mean, they, I, I believe Lucasfilm even hired a YouTuber. Yeah. Did, did you see any of those edits of people going in and doing like an edit over the edit to because <laughs> uh, you Lucasfilm, yeah. you, you've not seen it. Oh, oh the, man. The actual ones, I think you meant on set if I saw them actually doing it. No, but um, I think I saw someone send me of um, a guy on YouTube that was doing his own version of it and it looked as good or better at times. So I'm sure they, I think they collaborated with him and that's what I. I did here, uh, which is quite cool, yeah. you know, open source internet. You can find someone that can do it just yeah. as good and, and, and take them on. Not that it wasn't great, I think, in the second season. It looked awesome, but, uh, you know, it's always improving technology. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, just looking at, like, I think they did in the Marvel films, like, 10 years ago, right? And, and yes. It, uh, it certainly improved immensely from there. So who knows where it'll be in 10 years? I mean, it'd be quite scary to think that we could just <laughs> create new people, you know? Well, John Favreau even talks about that in the documentary that you're in as well, doesn't mm. he? He says about like how you know he he thinks they'll probably use like more blockchain technology to kind of mm. to kind of reinforce what's legitimate, what's illegitimate, and that's probably going to be the only way we can tell because it is getting kind of ridiculous. I mean, even there's not a, what is there like a year and a month uh, between. Yeah. 
Mando season two and Book of Boba Fett, and you see the huge change. Yeah, it's exponential growth, isn't it? It's only going to get better. I know. It scares me because they're just going to be able to get anybody and and uh, <laughs> you know, put a face on them. Well, even the ethics of bringing somebody back from the dead, right? And and and. This is it. Uh, yeah, with Peter right. Cushing, they did that, right? I mean, I, uh, he's obviously passed away, and they, they brought him back for... And it, it's odd, right? It's like, well, who gets to decide if that's okay or not? Yeah, uh, we've said it on this show before, haven't we? It's a great... It's great... It, it, like, with Mark Hamill, obviously, you know, thankfully, Mark, Mark is still with us and will be for an awful long time. With, with mm. uh, the Book of Boba and especially Mando, you know, they could call Mark and they could say, you know, come to the studio or come to set. And he's there, you know, he can give his blessing. So, uh, again, it, when, when, when you're starting to have actors who aren't with us anymore, then it can get a little bit more dicey, but, uh, yeah, thankfully, yeah. thankfully Mark is still with us. And, you know, there's, mm. there's, there's that little lad who played Luke Skywalker in Event of the Sith, Adrian something, sorry, the new guy playing him in the new little kid playing him in Obi-Wan, Mark Hamill, Max Lloyd Jones, you are also. Luke Skywalker now, so we can yeah, also a canon of actors that have done it now. Hey, I mean, it's like <laughs> who who hasn't played Luke? And eventually, will be the question. <laughs> me, that. Matt, me, I've not played Luke, and I will happily play Luke. So, if anyone at Luke is listening, yeah, you know, my name late. is Luke. My name is Luke Bly, so yeah. Luke Bly Walker. It's kind of close, you know. Um, Max, do do you have? I know we're we're, we're wrapping up here now, mm. uh, and we're so grateful for your time. I know yeah. you're a really busy guy. But please tell us, do you have a favorite Star Wars film? And if so, what one is that? Hmm. Kind of thought this question might come up. I was thinking about it. Of course. I I could have a good answer for this. (laughs) Um, I think I'm looking back to which the one I've probably watched the most. Like as a kid, I had the the VHS set, you know, I think it's a remastered one, right? For the old, the older film. Got it over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The VHS, yeah, and I'm pretty sure I probably watch Empire the most. I love the the opening in in Hoth. Um, such a complete change from the from the first film and this whole new environment. And obviously, the story is quite amazing. And I like how mm-hmm. um, you know George Lucas infused a lot of his mythological learnings into the script. Right? And he, I think he was yeah. teaming up with a that writer. Um, What's that famous book? Uh, a hero with a thousand faces. Joseph Campbell. Yep. Joseph, Joseph Campbell. Campbell. Yeah, and he was infusing a lot of that into his yeah. writing, and, and uh, you could definitely see it, which is which was beautiful. And then, um, you know, the whole going through the cave, and uh, and I think what I love just like the cliffhanger of it not being so much of a happy ending. And yeah. I think I saw recently that I think Mark tweeted that of how they had to go back and add a scene of him just looking. I out did over the at the galaxy because yeah. it was so dark. Otherwise <laughs> they needed to add some hope, um, which was quite cool. It was a bold move to do that, to not. And I think I'm sure a lot of franchises have copied that sense of having that kind of, they call it, I think like the empire, right? Like, Oh, like that's your yeah, empire yeah. film basically. Right. So I think that just stands the test of time. I mean, they're all great in their own way and exciting. And I, you know, I was a, a kid when the, when the prequels came out and I remember being stoked about it as a, as a young guy and, and wishing I could audition for it. So, uh, and I did. I think I did audition. Yeah, I did audition for the newest films when they first uh, were mm-hmm. casting. I guess Force Awakens back when, with like every other actor in town went and auditioned yeah. for it. And um, yeah, that was pretty exciting at the time. So I mean, I've loved all of them in their own way. They have such different styles, you know, from George Lucas to J.J. Abrams to all the different people who've collaborated on it. So it's such an amazing um, institution, isn't it? And I just I'm so stoked for all the new things they're going to be making and all the new projects that are coming out. And it seems like he's making a new kind of Marvel. Universe, right? And all these different shows 
you know, intersecting. So hopefully there's a, a place for me in that as it moves forward. But yeah, long, uh, Long story short, I'd say Empire. <laughs> Empire. Well, as a as a young lad wearing out those VHS tapes, moving up yeah. to the little lad watching the prequels and wishing I could be in them, as you said, now right. you are in Star Wars. Luke Skywalker, Lieutenant Reed, Max Lloyd-Jones, we are so glad that you're <laughs> part of the Star Wars family and we're so grateful that you came on tonight to talk to us and share those awesome stories of you know what it was That's like working on these huge productions, dude. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. It's great to meet some some true fans, and um, I'll uh, I'll look out for your show. And um, yeah, I'm excited for all the new stuff. Right, Kenobi coming out soon. That's great. Oh man, yeah, we're we're, we're absolutely buzzing for Kenobi, and we're buzzing for oh, all yeah. the future Star Wars content. It's what it's what gives us stuff to talk about, Max. You know, we're mm-hmm. geeks. We love it, mate. We soak it all up. And uh, <laughs> when you're next in London, Max, in your in your uh, place of birth, yeah. let us know. We'll buy you a pint, mate, and maybe Amazing. we can go. Up- Maybe we can go out and to uh, Chelmsford or something. Yeah, let's go up to Chelmsford. Yeah, yeah, let's go party in Essex. Yeah, my man. <laughs> you right, thank you so much, Max. Thank May the you, force mate. be with you. Of course. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. Hello, this is Ahmed Best. I am Jar Jar Binks in the prequels of Star Wars. And you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, which is probably the UK's best star wars program what a legend max lloyd jones is mate uh, he's a he listen guys as you know we you know we like to look at each other when we're doing these uh these podcasts and man i'm used to having just one beefcake on the screen i can't handle having such beefiness on the screen this, yeah, max is a king isn't he what a man this what a guy man. This guy's beyond beefcake, man. This guy's beautiful. <laughs> like, even just Dis- talking distractingly good looking man. But yeah, what just, a nice guy, though. Yeah, lovely bloke. Lovely bloke. And again, mate, we've, we've interviewed a Luke Skywalker. We've interviewed a Luke Skywalker. Yes. So, you know, one day, hopefully, we can, we can do Mark Hamill as well and, and get his. And here's accounts of Star Wars. So, you know how it is. Stop yeah. laughing, Matt. You, man. Yeah, man. See, you get all, all on the mic and all on the camera. So, yeah. yeah. That, hey, that would be that would be the dream. We've had Max Lloyd-Jones on. He was great. Well, nice guy. He's uh, in, over in, in Canada at the minute. So, uh, giving, up his, giving up his lunchtime to speak to the sessions. Uh, what Really lad. cool stories. And we hope you all enjoyed the stories that Max gave. Hopefully, mate, we can see him again in future star wars uh project projects but uh see it speaking to max seeing luke all the time it is making me very thirsty and thankfully the essex falcon here has pulled up outside of our favorite dusty drinking hole the bantina the only question that remains luke is shall we oh let's do it come on can i offer you a libation to celebrate the closing of our shared narrative a libation can I persuade you to join us for a drink? Anthony, give me the spiciest drink you got. Pour me another Park Kellen sling. Where are you going, Master? For a drink? Oh, yes! <laughs> Here we are each week in the Bantina. We sit down with you guys, the greatest listeners in the galaxy. We have a couple of Kef beers, and we get your thoughts on our main discussion. So this week, Blalo Ren, we wanted to know what all of you guys thought about the moments Luke Skywalker was revealed in the Mandalorian season two. What were your feelings and emotions? So Luke, 
Bly, Master Blywalker, Bly Loren, Bly Gonjin, Luke, take us away. What did the fans have to say? Matilda said that she was genuinely surprised by Luke's cameo. She did not see it coming at all. Her feelings when he took down the Death Troopers were mostly wonder and amazement, with the slight pinch of confusion. How on earth would they pull off Luke? Recasting? Matilda was also initially very impressed by Luke's CGI appearance and felt that it worked pretty well. So, overall, a positive experience. Ah, we're playing the impressions game, are we, Luke? Well, keep going. Uh, Who else we got? Luke Summerfield, the King of Wales, said he fell to his knees, clutching his children in an absolute mess when Luke Skywalker finally graced the screens with his green lightsaber out. Palpatine loves a good green saber session. Next up, Canadian legend Commander Taylor says that moment when Luke puts down his hood. Tears. So many tears. Happy tears. Happy tears. You know, and then that sappy moment between Mando and Grogu. Oh, sad tears. So many sad tears. And then R2 rolls in with his little happy beeps and like bops and oh, oh. Breaks, breaks the sadness, and it's just happy all over again. So much happiness, so much cuteness. Happy tears, happy tears. Grogu's walking away with Luke, looking over Luke's shoulder. Mando's got his helmet on, off. Sad tears again, so many sad tears. And really, at the end of it, it's just all ugly face crying. But in the end, great episode, loved it. Ah, I can't quite put my finger on what sounds different about you, mate. Maybe this is all just one big, massive spice stream. Either way, uh, I'll move on to the written responses. The sleeping giant trading cards and toys said, My hair stood on end and I wept straight up. My girl, Star Wars Meg, said, Really happy, jumped out my seat and cheered. The perfect ending to the season. Benny said, Just happy, excited, stunned, but happy that we finally got the grown-up Luke. Love what Favreau and Filoni did and finally given me what I waited almost 40 years for. I'll add, it's my favourite moment in Star Wars history and I've been alive for them all. That's awesome, Benny, mate. Dimsky, the Belgian Bond, said, Here we go. Me and my mates were standing up when this scene was building up. I was going down a checklist. Aircraft inbound? Check. No. X-Wing? Check. It, it can't. Hooded figure? Check. Stop. Lightsaber? Still black and white? Check. Oh my God. Green? Check. I can't. Luke's Hill, check. OMG, OMG, OMG. Then he takes off the hood. Music tones down. I was holding my hands like I was praying. Well aware, it's all make-believe, but I will never forget that moment. Big heart. Adrian Chorley, the Mandalorian, he dropped a gif that said, it's complicated. And Shin Masamura said it restored my faith in Star Wars for a fleeting moment. So couple there well at least adrian we know adrian has a complicated relationship with the luke skywalker reveal and hey not everybody who we heard from uh, on our socials was overly enamored by what they saw in the season two finale but we do have a few more comments to get through so luke by all means carry on with your impression game mate the Bestman bulletin wasn't very emotional when luke skywalker appeared in the second season of the mandalorian as he had expected his arrival. However, he was sobbing like a baby when Grogu had to say goodbye to Jinjarin. 
Sean Hudson said that as soon as he saw the X-Wing approaching, that he moved to the edge of his seat in excitement. As soon as he saw a Jedi that was clearly laying waste to the Death Troopers, he was looking for any clues as to which one it could be. Was it Skywalker? Was it Ezra? And then as soon as that awesome shot of the Green Saber came in, absolutely fell to his knees and just screamed, Yes! You do a good impression of my brother, mate, but please carry on. Laura said, My first thought was... In case people are still wondering where Luke's hubris came from, now you know. Dave Hudson said, decent. <laughs> Thanks, Dad, for that insightful, as ever, uh, input there too. Luke Skywalker's appearance in The Mandalorian. Uh, Luke, mate, uh, I think you've had a couple too many Kef beers because those impressions were spot on. Impressions there of the best bin bulletin, Sean Hudson, Laura... Dave Hudson, Matilda Backland, Luke Summerfield and Taylor Holland. How on earth did you manage to do that? I mean, if that, if that was actually them, huge thanks from the bottom of my galactic heart and soul and from the force for providing those voice messages. Thank you so much for that, guys. Uh, if you didn't get to hear your voice message played out this week or your social comment, please don't be disheartened. Keep on posting on our socials and we'll do everything we can to get you in a future edition of The Bantina. For extra content, go to patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. You know it's going to be so good. Best podcast. Best podcast. That's the one. You know it. It's the filthiest part of the Bantina, or the Budaba Bantina, as Luke Bly would say. Here we take questions from the greatest patrons in the galaxy, and we're always guaranteed an absolutely smorgasbord of filth from these. So, let's kick it off then with Martin Mead, the Medalorian, a.k.a. Local boy, huh? He said, what a question this is. Do you have a favourite era of Star Wars, and if so, why? That is a fabulous question, mate. It's so good. I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to reach out through the force. Luke Bly, what do you have an answer all the way from Florida? Hello there. Okay, so uh, favourite era of Star Wars and why? Um, I think you could interpret this in two ways. Um, If we're talking about in the real world like timeline (laughs) our timeline i'd probably say now 2015 to onward um the reason i say that is because of mainly the podcast meeting a lot of you guys talking to you guys online it's just been crazy crazy good fun um other than that like if we're talking films i'd probably say it's it's split between Again, the current era and maybe even the prequels. Maybe the prequels taking it slightly because that's what I grew up with. I was a kid when those films were coming out. So they hold a special place in my heart. That's what I'd say. (laughs) Wow, this fourth thing really works. Nice one, Lukey Bill, all the way from an airport in Florida. Just for you guys and Mead and the patrons and all of our listeners. Um, I hadn't actually thought about that, mate that it could be set in two ways so um whilst lukey boy has given some fabulous answers you may even have duplicated what i'd say if you're, if you're thinking about actual favorite era of star wars in real world terms you know the lead up to the force awakens was my favorite era uh possibly definitely just the 
uh, hype, speculation, theories, anticipation, the journey too, you know, the books that were coming out, the comics, the possibilities, and the knowledge that this was the next step in the Skywalker saga. Everything we knew before was about to be built upon and expanded upon in the best possible way we hoped. And for the, for a lot of people, me included, The Force Awakens did just that. Um, but, but also shout out as well for the, the prequel era, especially The Phantom Menace. Again, I, you know, you guys know I've mentioned many times, I remember going to see the films and I remember going to see them in Guildford and going to Pizza Hut and that. So they've got memories attached to those from a different era of my life as well, which was um, which is always fun to look back on. So it's a toss up between The Phantom Menace and The Force Awakens, but in actual Star Wars... Ah, the prequel era, man. The prequel era is so rich for storytelling. Uh, I think so many people uh, have said that as well. So it's not necessarily a new hot take, but I genuinely believe it. The the prequel era has got such a hotbed of of stories, like the actual, uh, the breadth of characters. Obviously, the Clone Wars fleshed out so many, but even then, there's so more that probably could have been built upon. And they can build out so much more. You know, what was happening in some of these worlds during the Clone Wars? What about the other Jedi that we didn't see? Maybe Tales of the Jedi will give us more about that. But you know, this, uh, the, you know, the new worlds we encountered, the new ships, the new weapons, the new species, everything about it in universe, it just built so nicely. Uh, and of course, it, it was pre-Empire, so we had you know more, well, we had bigger factions, greater factions. You've got the Republic, you've got the Separatists. Um, and then outside of that, you've got the small ones, you've got the banky clan and whatnot now. The te- techno Union, Techno, Techno, Techno Union. So there's just a greater scope, it's just a bigger setting. And then, of course, when the Empire put their iron heel down, iron fist down on the galaxy, the rebellion was scrappy, and that there's great storytelling there as well. But the pre, uh, it felt, you know, smaller in comparison. And that's not a negative thing. Obviously, the prequels are so rich and vast because of the, you know, the kind of comparative freedom the galaxy had at the time pre-Clone Wars, and obviously even during it, it wasn't quite as oppressive as the Empire. But that said, I think the sequels have got some fabulous, fabulous untold stories. There's so much that they haven't told us about the sequels, the era, the galaxy, the politics post Shross uh, as well. So who knows? Maybe in a, within a decade, the sequels might overtake. Uh, the prequels as my favourite era but I'm going to view Lucky Boy prequels all the way and our next question isn't actually a Patreon question it was received on uh, Twitter from Jim Mundy Gill uh, and he asked if Greg's had a shop in the Star Wars universe who would you have run it hashtag Bantha steak bake uh, nice one Jim I just thought this was a fun question because it had the word Greg's in it um, and at the time of recording we've got a Patreon questions are now coming f- are flooding in but um, they came in just after I'd started recording so I thought I'd chuck Jim's in also because it's a filthy question um, uh, of course your mind immediately goes you know Dex you know, Dex to Jetster who wouldn't you want why wouldn't you want him all at the ba- that basilisk I believe he's is, is he a basilisk I hope he is uh, running your your Greg's. He's, he's run a successful diner in Coruscant. I think he could do very well with a Greg's. But otherwise, I'd have this geezer called Strono Tugs. Strono Tugs. He's an Artyadak who was the chef or the cook at Mazkanata's Castle for you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. And um, he came up with some interesting 
uh, recipes. But hey, look, the guy's got longevity. If I want a great, if I want to, uh, if I want to go into a Greg's, I want to know that the people working there have a passion for food. Maybe he could recruit some clones to work underneath him because you know good soldiers follow orders. Or right, fellas, put the donuts on. Make sure the pastries are ready. Yes, sir. You know, be great. So I'm going to go for Strono Tugs, and now I'm going to wave my hand. I'm going to do the magic hand thing, and I'm going to manifest Lukey Boy from Florida. Can you hear me? Using the Force. If Greg's had a shop in the Star Wars universe, who would I have run it? Um, obviously, shout out to my boy Dex. Um, you know, he's obviously going to run a good joint um, because he's got that experience. But if I'm giving a newbie a, a, a go at this kind of job, um, it'd probably have to be Grievous. Yeah, probably have to be my boy General Grievous. He's got multiple arms. Um, don't think he's got multiple legs, but that shouldn't matter. Um, and he's going to be able to like fry around some uh, bad boy steak bakes, some sausage rolls, and um, shove them down people's throats. So, you know, that's um, that's all you need in life. So, that's what I'd say. Qualifications for the job as Greg's manager? Uh, I've got multiple legs. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not entirely sure that's going to be uh, one of the key factors in recruitment, but Grievous is a good shout. Not only can he make more than than one meal at a time, but he can shove it down prospective customers' throats. So that's what Lukey Boy said, Jim. Uh, Everybody out there listening, do you have a favourite era of Star Wars? And if so, why is that? And if Greg's had a shop in the Star Wars universe or your uh, comparative cheap bakery in whatever country you are, who would you have run it from the galaxy? As always, let us know. Uh, we always love hearing your answers to these questions as well. We love sharing these questions with you guys, so you can also share your answers with us too. However, that is going to be that for our stint here in the Bantina. For our next segment, I'm going to do everything I can to will Luke Bly into action to join me for our next segment. However, bartender, sorry about the mess, but you know we're going to be back here again in the Bantina, same time again next week. Star Wars Sessions Game! Game! (laughs) Yes, we're back again, and we are going to round off this week's show, as we do with every show, with a game! Each week we alternate who is going to host, and this week it is my week to host. So, Lukey Boy... Do you want to know what it is you're doing this week? Uh, of course. Yes, please, Master Hudson. What am I going to be doing this week, mate? You are going to be having the tables turned on you, my friend. Okay. You're going to have to get your mobile phone out, your cellular telephone out. Ah, oh, right. Okay. I, I need you to get phoning, mate. Uh, I'm not going to... Uh, I will tell you who you're phoning. But I won't read the number out because now I've got to I've got to be professional like Luke and not give the phone number out live yeah. <laughs> on air. Right. <laughs> you wanna know who you're phoning, mate? Yes, I do. Go on. You are you are phoning the resident Star Wars sessions thug. Yeah. Alex yeah. Jessup. Oh my days, yes. <laughs> yes. You are, 
you the are nan phone <laughs> you're gonna oh you're gonna phone alex jessup i have just posted the his phone yeah. number in the uh chat hope you don't mind mate um no, it's in the chat now he's gonna love it he's gonna now, love it what i need you to do is i need you to pretend that you are one of the organizers or one of the uh event organizers from the uh exhibition hall in cologne germany where they've just had the power of the force uh convention which we didn't get to go to but i very much like to one day and basically i need you to try and convince alex jessup that he's left his coat there (laughs) he wasn't even there but i want you to convince him he's left his coat there and how, how how did you know it's his well that's up to you there's there's something identifiable of his in there yeah, so okay. I need you to convince right. him that he's left his coat somewhere he's never been. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So, um, all right. So I'm a German. I'm you a are German. a German citizen working, for the next few minutes. I'm working for. Okay. Let me put the. Let me put this in. Okay. Oh. Right. Um, <laughs> I need to. Okay. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Is this okay? <laughs> right. Straight up, because I know we've got some listeners in Germany you and the German-speaking world. So uh, I apologise up front. Yeah, beautiful country. I love Germany, but um, I I apologise up front. But this is this is hopefully the the this will be okay. I don't know. Let's do it. All right. Let's, we'll know because if Jessup doesn't know it's you, then it's a success. The plan. The the goal is he must not know it's you, or at least you've got to go at least one minute. Without me right. guessing, it's you. Oh, my right. days. Okay, all right, let's do it. Okay, ready? <laughs> I've got to mute myself. No, you don't have to mute okay. yourself. He, oh, he, he can't, can't hear me. Hear you. Yeah. Can you hear that? Oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> all right, okay. Happy answers. Come on, Jessup. You're not, you're not busy. Come on, mate. Hello? Hello, is this uh, Mr. Jessup? Yeah. Hi, uh, this is uh, Marcus from uh, Power of the Foscon Germany. Where? From Cologne Convention Center in Germany, I have a, a missing item of yours. Right? Did you leave? Did you send a request for a missing item form in Germany? No. You were you were visiting last month. No. Okay, so I have a form here for a missing item. Uh, apparently, you're in a uh, convention in Kron in Germany. And um, Can't believe are you sure you don't have a form that you need something? It says, uh, I have a form here. It says Alex Jessup um, from, what is this town, Verking? Yeah. In, in uh, sorry in England so I need your details to send this item back to you yeah what do you need I need your address sir if that's okay thank He's you getting angry what are you sending me it's a jacket I think a jacket yeah this is what it is on the form it says you have a lost jacket it says to send it to the United Kingdom you are in power of the force. How was convention. he for this? Power of the force convention. <laughs> yes, your name is on a jacket on a card in that was found lost in Cologne, <laughs> Germany. Uh, I've not been to, not been to Cologne, in Germany. It's getting angry. <laughs> uh, it's really nice, but wh- are you sure you weren't in uh, Germany last month? I guarantee it. Oh, 
Do you know? Do you know whose uh, jacket this is? I haven't a clue. You could me. Did one of your friends go to Germany to this uh, convention, or do you know anyone who has this jacket? I think it's a. a what brand is this? Um, I don't think it says a brand. It's. I don't know. You don't know anyone who borrowed your jacket. <laughs> this is great. No. Yeah. Are you sure it's um Jessica, mate. It says uh, Primark. Yeah, it says it is a Primark jacket. I don't know it's this brand but um, it looks a bit tattered. It looks a little bit tattered, but I don't know. That's just, this is what it says in the description form. I don't know if you want me to send this to you from like FedEx or Royal Mail. <laughs> Um, DHL. I've, not lost, I've not lost any jackets. There's a pair of boxes in the pocket. No, not mine. Okay. Do, uh, do you mind if I put you on hold for one second, sir? Go on then. I'll only be a few seconds. Let me talk to my line manager, okay? Cool. One minute. Oh, okay. Danke. Okay. Danke. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would be a German. <laughs> <laughs> how do we how do we get how do we tie this into star wars more because um, he didn't pick up on the power of the force con right power of the force con we've got to tie this into star wars by so there's, there's something in the po- something's in the pocket something's in his pocket um so there's something in the pocket uh, uh jar 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 binks um, Watto, not water that'd be too obvious a jar jar binks a keychain Jar Jar Binks keychain um, in there. There's um, there's a Jar Jar Binks, and they send something like a um, what else is? What start should with, be? Uh, start with that, and I'll think of something. Jar- all right, okay, all right, ready. Hello, sir. Hello. Hiya, Mister Jessop. Um, okay, so I was talking to my line manager. He's just bringing me the uh, item now. Let me just double check this is right because we have your details. Uh, so I'm a bit confused where, um, obviously there has been a miscommunication somewhere, but I've just got, I've just got this now. It's definitely, it's a Primark, uh, is that how you say Prime? Primark <laughs> jacket for a large man. Yeah. And in the, uh, in the pocket that is, yeah, details that says your name, Alex Jessup, and it says yeah. in uh, Voking Sorry in England. And a Dexter Jester sticker. Is, there is a weird uh, Jar Jar Bink action figure keychain. <laughs> I think this is a uh, from a convention. A Dexter Jetster sticker. And there's is there something about the um, uh, about the sessions at all? No, no, no. What? No. The sessions? Uh, no. I don't no, know what have... you mean, sir. What do you mean? We have your code. Okay, I'm just uh, just wondering if there's a mention about the uh, the sessions, the spiciness. Say what? What? <laughs> no mention of the spiciness. Just say there's there's a st- there's a sticker of a flying blue um, animal. There's a. Uh... <laughs> Is he coming? <laughs> <up? laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> 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 
absolutely <laughs> carried that for about five minutes. <laughs> He's clearly down the pub as well. You can hear him in the background. I know, I know. He's down the pub. He's down the pine. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, well, I, uh, think, I've, I've been I've, to Germany. I think, I think he's either figured figured out it's us or he's just having a wind up. I, or maybe it started off. He was like, "Is there a session?" Like, I think he believed it. For, uh, well, Justin, when he hears, mate. <laughs> We think we might have got you for the oh. first few minutes there. <laughs> oh, that's so I think we funny. Got him. Oh. That's it. That's it. <laughs> what a way to... There's no better way to celebrate May the 4th than that. No, that's it, guys. Happy May oh. the 4th. <laughs> Happy May the 4th. And oh. hopefully, I didn't... A, didn't offend you, but B... Um, hopefully, <laughs> you've not lost your Primark jacket with a Jar Jar Binks keychain on. <laughs> Honestly, mate, you did such a good job with that. Oh. I, I like sorry. the what? <laughs> as soon as he said, I was like, "Go and say it." What? Um, do you know what it's like now when you're doing it to try not to laugh during it? Yes, yes. It, it was, was when it was when he was like trying to. Su- I, I, I swear, he was like trying to suss it out. I couldn't help but laugh. The first few minutes, he got him, but it's like that oh. one when you got me, where the, when we I had to take each the book, the book of Boba Fett keeps repeating. Oh yeah. If, in between every line, I had my face buried in my hoodie because Luke in front of me was cracking up, and I thought, <laughs> please stop, because you're putting me off. Please, it's really oh, it's hard golden. to do. So, mate, you did a fabulous job there, uh, absolutely oh. murking Alex Jessup. Yeah, we love it. Sorry, Jessup. I love you, He's mate. Wit you we now. love you. You know, you know how it is, mate. Well you done for keeping it, it clean, Jessup, as well. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I'm, I'm. I was happy about that. So he kept it nice and family friendly. So yeah, we'll fun for everyone. For that. Thumbs up. Yeah, we'll get you we'll, a pint for that, mate. We'll get you a pint for that. Well, mate, what a wonderful way to wrap up these May the Fourth celebrations. Uh, just to repeat what we said in the last few weeks, I am going to beat me. I'm going to be at Nerd Base uh, in a few days' time. If you're listening on release date on the seventh of May for their Star Wars day on the Saturday. So if you want to come and say hello, you can do. Um, and be nice to see as many sick heads there as possible to support a fabulous independent uh, geek shop, probably the best in the galaxy, mate. So uh, just a little heads up there. But we hope you've all had a wonderful May the 4th. We hope you all enjoyed this interview of Max Lloyd-Jones and the phone call with Alex Jessup that will go down in Star Wars history. But that is that for this particular episode of Star Wars Sessions. But the fun doesn't end there, mate. No one's ever really gone. We're going to world find us, Master Blywalker. They can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk. You can search for us on social media, TikTok, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, and we will be there. Just search Star Wars Sessions. And don't forget about our Patreon, guys. Patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. All that good bonus content for yeah, $2 a month, man. I mean, it's a it's a big dealio. It is a big dealio. If, if, you're, if you're wise... And you know you like taking calls from strange German men, then it's you the place like for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if so. you want to support our show for free and from any nationality, you can do by leaving us a five star <laughs> rating or review on your podcast provider of choice, which now includes Spotify. Five stars really does help the show grow. It introduces new listeners each week, and it's another way for us to hear from each and every one of you every week. So thank you. Yes, and please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Please tell your mum, tell your nan, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats, tell your Ewok, tell 
the strange German man down the corridor. <laughs> I'll tell you, cousin, I'm more than merrier the Kessel Spice. Yeah. I'm I'm the strange man. I'm not I'm not adding any nationalities <laughs> yeah. here or anything like that, all right? He certainly so, is a strange man. Yeah, yeah. that's deep. <laughs> True. Make sure you tell Alex Jessup, Max Lloyd Jones, who have both appeared on the same episode, that this is a podcast that you're looking for. So until next time from me, see ya, and from Luke. May the force be with you always. Luke Luke Ah yeah. Jax Moid Loans. <laughs> yeah, we got the hey. <laughs> I did it. May the fourth, everyone. Have a good one. Be safe. Have a good one. Be safe, and don't forget, round the corner is Revenge of the Fifth. Let's have it. Revenge of the Fifth. Yeah, be careful. <laughs> they are Essex-based podcast heroes... One X-Wing? Great. We're saved. What?